1: Alongside the founder and administrator of warchant.com, Gene Williams, my name is Tom Lang and we are celebrating a Florida State victory today, 41 to 16 on the Warchant Game Day post game show presented by Zaxby's Gene. It wasn't pretty, <laughs> but you know what? We've had a lot of these post game shows where things weren't pretty and Florida State was getting beaten by 25. The Knolls are at least five and three. I think D Rob and I were quite critical for the better part of two hours. How do you feel as you sit down and you take the helm on a Saturday afternoon after a win?
2: Well, I'm going to start out popping my Oyster City, my Tate Hell's Lager. Thank you, ABC. There you go. Uh, bring that along for us. So, I mean, it's worth, and in honor of Tom and I did enjoy, I got to tune a little bit of the second half of the watch along. I did break out the red. Oh, solo
1: Oh, there you go. So
2: we will, we will drink it out of the red solo cup in honor of Tom's Halloween from, what'd you say that was? How long ago? That
1: was 2009, Gene. 2009. That wow. photo, I'm holding a rundown from the 1270 the team pregame show. That's how long nice, it was. Nice. But,
2: uh, no, it, it, to get back to the game. And I, I don't know, have you felt this bad after a, a butt whipping of 41 16, really 41 to 10, whatever you gave him the last second score, but yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm going to start glasses half full, more than half full. So I'm going to start out with the positives. All right. Nice. So let's do that because you should. I mean, it, it's been a month since Florida State's won a football game. Yep. So we got it. You got, and you, you dominated a win. You did what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, look, Jordan, great game, career highs, a uh, couple balls. He could have done a little better on a few. But, I mean, for the most part, man, he he played well, good decision making. I liked everything he did in the game. Some of those touch passes along with Johnny. Uh, you know, a couple of the other long one, tow. Feely, some done with really good pass. I was really happy to so what I saw to Jordan. So not running the football, as you guys noted, but for what he didn't have to in this game. Yep. So if of that was by or not. Look, Trey Benson, he's getting better and better. He's being physical. He's hard yes. to bring down. Love yep. what I, over a hundred yards rushing. Love what I saw to him. You know, a couple drops early on, but the wide receivers on the whole, you can see the dramatic improvement. I mean, you, they've got a stable of some guys who can run routes, get separation, catch the football. That was very positive to see. At least for a half, the defense looked great. Yeah. Uh, there were some breakdowns in the second half. I'll we'll get into that in a minute. Um, uh, th- that late fourth down stop, I like to see. At, at you know in the fourth quarter, that was good because they don't seem to get many of those down near the goal line. And then see how heartwarming is it to see CJ Campbell come back and do what he did, get the touchdown. See that the the scene on the sidelines. I mean, that's what you love about college sports when you see stuff like that. So I was there. There were definitely a lot of positives that you can look at in this game. And look, the other thing I was thinking about too. Florida State won this game not because of play calling or coaching or being organized or being disciplined, tackling. That was all awful. But remember, it wasn't that long ago. Two years ago, they played this Georgia Tech team. Yep. And probably the Georgia Tech team probably about talent-wise, about the same as that was a bad one then too. And But you can see what has happened to Florida State since the talent is 10 times better yep. than it was in 2020 when they played. So that is a positive for this staff. Everything they've done, bringing in the town, transfer portal, everything else, man. They're everything so much better there. Now I've had a couple drinks, so now the (laughs) glass is getting less than half full now. So let's get into it. Some of this stuff, man. And I know you, I'm sure you harped on it, man. And I went into this game telling people the red, this is the worst red zone offense I have ever freaking seen in my life. It is in it. Look, the shenanigans he pulls. Mike Norvell inside the five yard lines. I can almost get that when you're playing Clemson. You go, they have a dominant defensive front. They got all these NFLs. We're going to have to get in there on smoke and mirrors to try to pull something off. You're running six, seven yards a clip. You got it down inside the two yard line. What the F are you doing? Just run the ball three freaking times in a row. If you don't get it three times in a row, you know, whatever. Hats off to them. But I mean, the first play, I, I thought Mike had scored on the first. But even that, I'm like, what are you doing that for? And then to bring in a freaking wildcat. Yep. I don't understand. You got a physical. You got you had DJ Lundy before as a fullback. You got a physical running back. Even even the other Toe running hard. It just freaking drives me nuts. Somebody needs to take away Mike Norvell's headset when they get inside the twenty and let someone else call the freaking plays. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it it's been bad. It continues to be bad. It drives me nuts. So what Florida stayed up with 12 penalties, 13 penalties? I don't know if we have that up there. 13, it's up on the 13 screen. Penalties. So half of those, close to half, had to be pre-snap penalties. Alpha buy. Mm-hmm. What the hell's going on? Now, the other thing, oh, I forgot to mention. So when they got down the goal line that, that first time when they had the fumble and they kept doing all the substitution, they called two timeouts. Yep. Again, because you're being sneaky, you're bringing all these different packages on the goal line instead of just going straight up and running the football. That cost you two timeouts. It cost you another four points. It cost you seven for not scoring. It gave them three points, and at the end of the half, because you called the timeouts, it probably cost you another four points. I mean, asinine. Stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that drove me freaking nuts. And then, and one of your bugaboos, Tom, of course, first drive of the second half. They didn't even get to touch the ball, but first drive the, every second just, just lay down and give them the touchdown. I mean, it happens every freaking time. It's just nuts. I, I don't know what is going on with the defense at halftime. They just said, look... Hey, you guys got a good rest. You know what? Take another five minutes off because you know what? You need that rest for the end of the game. So don't worry about that first drive. I mean, it it, happened. It's just these things are happening. I get it once or twice, some, but they're happening over and over and over again. There's a pattern developing, and that is on the coaching staff.
1: I um, I'm smiling.
2: Not. Done. Rant is done. Sorry.
1: I'm smiling not only because you're right, but I've had a half to go through this and people are, people are fired up in the chat. And if you are, throw us a like underneath this video because it's a win. We're happy. Yeah. But it's easier to be critical after a win, you know, because there's still a little wry grin behind all the criticisms. But Gene, I had a half talking it through with Dominic Robinson here on the watch along where I could kind of vent and I'm now in a calmer place. But walking up the stairs in my house, after the second quarter was over, to sit down and put the headset on, I was furious mm-hmm. because that game, whatever it is at half, is it twenty-four-three? That game should be thirty-five to nothing, forty-two yeah. to nothing, and you can see it. So there was a person at the end who said uh, in, in the chat when uh, it was the end of the watch along, guys, you know what does it say that it's forty-one to ten and we're we're playing poorly? Yeah. What does it say about us? Well, to Gene's point, it says the talent is better. It says that Georgia Tech is awful. And it says that we've got a lot of coaching to clean up here because they didn't look ready to play on offense. The defense was ready to play today. Now, they had problems after halftime. For a half, yeah. Yes, for a half. But they came out ready to play. And the best part of the game, I thought, was how they finished the second quarter going into halftime. They were swarming to the ball, playing Mm -hmm. with passion, emotion. And a lot of those guys hung up the, the helmet or some of the important guys that hung up the helmet for the day. They were done. So that's good. But the offense was an unmitigated disaster. And Gene, I got to tell you, given that we have access to practice, I am stunned. On Tuesday, they look fine to me. They look, they didn't look like anything different from a, a decent practice week. So I wasn't ready for this just disaster. It was a tire fire. When you've got multiple substitution issues on the sideline, that's the kind of crap that we killed Willie for. Yeah. And rightly so. Where did that come from? And Mike was furious on the second one, but I was happy that Jordan was pissed off. The first time when he's asking for a signal, it's not just about substitutions. He wants to play. What's the play? And he gets pissed off and slaps his legs and slaps his hands together and says, get it together, guys. Yeah. How are you not ready? That's on the coaching staff. They were not ready to go offensively to start this game. And thankfully, Georgia Tech is just rotten to the core or else we might have been in a ball game. Thankfully, they aren't. So we weren't. Well, this is
2: why, you know, some of those games that we talk about. Look, I'm not going to get too hung up on Clemson because I think talent wise are still there a gap ahead of Florida State so you can can criticize that but I think that the the problem is some of these issues we're talking about today are the reasons they lost to NC State and they lost to Wake Forest I mean I think they were good enough to beat those two teams especially NC State and it's this kind of stuff that we saw didn't hurt Florida State here because you were superior but when you're playing a team that's in the ballpark of you talent wise it's this kind of nonsense that costs you wins so I mean worst case Florida State ought to be you know, I'd have six wins right now. They ought to be bowl eligible right now. Absolute worst case, maybe seven if you don't completely do a lot of bonehead things against Wake Forest as well. So, I mean, that's the difference. So that's preventing this team. It's gotten better and better every year, but that's the difference between making it to that next level. They're not there yet. And it's squarely on what is going on. The in-game coaching, the situational coaching right now is very lacking.
1: Correct. Uh On all fronts. The thing I'd say is, first of all, Virginia and Miami are going to overtime, tied at six. <laughs> All right, so they're having a worse day than we are right now.
2: And but this is classic coastal, isn't it? I mean, that that is epic. That is, is typical. Of the close. Coastal it is
1: classic, break it up, break it up. Coastal football, break up the coastal. You're 100 percent right. But here's what I'll tell you: is if your first half offensively next week down in Miami looks mm. like it did today, you're going to be losing the football game at halftime. Period. You will be losing the football game as bad as Miami is playing today. And it's six to six in overtime. They're more mad than we are. So is Virginia. Virginia fans are like, can the, can we just end these games? I just want to go home because they're not happy about their existence either. Their offense has gone to hell. But if you do this again next week in a rivalry game, that's you're going to be losing the football game at halftime, and you're going to have to be the yeah. chaser. So that's why it's critical. That's why we are critical. It's good. Florida State's five and three. I'd rather be complaining, like John said, and it was a great contribution. Thank you very much, John, for your support of War Chant TV. He said, I'd rather be uh, happy or I'd rather have a a poor loss. What did he say? But ugly win over a pretty loss any day. There you go. He said better than I could, John. A but ugly win over a pretty loss any day. So, yes, fundamentally, we're sipping beer and we're smiling here. That off a bye is concerning, Gene. I don't know that I've ever seen them so discombobulated before, Florida State. It was just kind of strange in that first quarter. I've seen issues before where they're just not good enough, but I haven't seen substitution issues, and I haven't seen pre-snap penalties, and guys on the same page. uh, We have
2: seen – but haven't we, Tom, the last few weeks? It seems like this has been – after the BC game, it seems like this has been kind of trending. There's been more and more of these kind of like – Head scratcher mistakes, the, the pre-snap penalties, some of the – it's weird. Now it's, it was more today than it was the last few games. But I've seen that trend. I don't know what's going on, why they're getting – you think through the season things would be smoother – and there be less of these mistakes. And I don't know what's – in Europe practice more than I am. So maybe yeah. – but you, it sounded like they've been pretty clean the last couple of weeks. That's why this is a little odd.
1: They were mostly fine. I mean, they do – I'm not going to argue today about Wildcat in the red zone. I'm okay with it in theory because it's more physical than an end around or, a, you know – But you're forward.
2: dominating on line scrimmage. Why bring an added element? It's the same thing we talked about with the it's pitch against LSU. Why add an element when you don't have to?
1: Which is why I won't argue about it today. You're absolutely right. Situation, the opponent, the opponent today – I mean, and, and if you're ever going to do it, why is Jordan even split out? Go put Johnny out there. At least somebody will actually yeah. try and cover him. Uh, so today is not the day to have that fight because you're correct. Straight ahead. It does not need to be. They did it against Duquesne. They did it against Boston College. They know that they can just go straight ahead against certain opponents, but they got cute. And I don't care that Pittman got in because he did. Michael Pittman scored yeah. on second down. I hated that call more than I hated I, yeah. the Wildcat call. So there's a lot of stuff to clean up. Um it I would say, Gene, that we've seen these issues rear their head in the past few weeks, but not at the start of the football game. Florida State came out like gangbusters against wake, same thing against Clemson. uh you know, the problem with Clemson was that they had a problem is seven nothing and they're at midfield and then those penalties kick in. but from the word go today, they had drops by uh Preston Daniel, who was wide open on third down. Cantron dropped one on fourth down. actually, one of the hidden plays of the game to me was uh Preston Daniel catching the fourth down pass on the next drive. Because that wasn't a great throw. He picked mm-hmm. up Jordan on a bad throw. But everybody had a turn today on offense, except for maybe Trey Benson. Everybody had a turn doing something poorly today. But Trey Benson, I think, was the most consistent yeah. start. I saw
2: one play where he danced a little bit. He had about three yards, and he kind of danced and went backwards, which he's gotten much better at. That was my one mm-hmm. criticism of him sometimes. Man, you're that big. You know, sometimes just put your head down. But, no, he he was outstanding today. I mean, Jordan, for the most part, here and there, uh, I thought played well. Offensive line pretty well. Did, did they? Because I know they had a couple of the fourth down problems and turnovers. But I don't think they punted today, did they? I don't
1: remember one. Off so I mean,
2: I mean, the one thing is the offense was moving the ball. I mean, they were kicking oh. themselves in the foot over and over and over again, but they moved that ball. I mean, 642 yards of offense. I mean, that's that's doing some things.
1: You no, know, I'll tell you. Is it 642? Go ahead, up yeah. Those game stats. I mean, that that's ridiculous in, in a good way. Yeah, Gene, I got to tell you, so we did the roundtable last week on warchant.com, which you can sign up for right now, folks. It's just $10 through August 31st of next year. That's an absurd special. If you're mad about absurd calls in the red zone, how about an absurd special? Join warchant.com for 10 bucks through 831 of next year, August 31st. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, uh, I'm looking at the numbers here, Gene. Uh, Apparently, I'm sorry, I've got an echo in my headset. You want to take it?
2: we We don't hear it here. It's just you.
1: Okay, give me one second. I apologize, folks. All right, I that's
2: fine. I'm going to look at this real quick. So, you know, you got the 642. I, I wish we had the halftime. And I think they had to have less than 50 yards at half, I think Georgia Tech did. So I know a lot of that came on those last couple drives where Florida State had a lot of backups in on defense. So you got to give – I mean, other than that dri- first drive of the second half and then right at the end, man, the defense did play pretty well against Georgia Tech, man, 642 yards. And I think Jordan, that was the uh, Jordan passing for – 396. I'm pretty sure that's a career high, isn't it Tom? Yeah. Oh,
1: it's gotta be easy. And the echo is good. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate the cover. Yeah, no there. problem. I was gonna say, I felt bad on the, on the round tables because I felt like maybe I was killing them too much on the red zone. You know, maybe a little bit because they, you know, they ran DJ Lundy in a fullback dive against Clemson and it worked. And I thought, okay, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe they've corrected some of these issues. And now I don't feel bad in the least. Maybe maybe we were too light on them about situational football because you look at those numbers and you look at the disparity, especially in that first half. It was three hundred and fifty to forty, I think, in, in total yards. So somewhere thereabouts, give or take ten yards. And you're only up twenty-four to three. Yeah. I mean, my God. This should be a game that Tate Rodemaker played a half of football almost. This should be a game that maybe A.J. Duffy got in. Should be a game that Rodney Hill, who looked great in in relief duty today, and I love 29 and what he's going to be, had 12 to 15 carries. It's a depth-building day. Julian Armello should have been on the field for at least a full quarter instead of a drive. These are the opportunities you miss. And, Gene, the problem was earlier in the season they had a game, you mentioned it, LSU, where there's a, a call on the goal line that we don't love with the pitch. Fabian Lovett is now in the football game on that final drive because you can't put the game away. And we hadn't seen Fabian until today, which was great news to get number zero back. In and that probably cost you a game. At least one. At least yeah. one cost you. And that's where these things, if you have it in front of you to take a game, run away with it, and get your guys off the field, yeah. you got to do it. Jordan played until two minutes to go in the game. They brought Tate in halfway through that final drive. So just a really, it's a win. We love it, but it's a frustrating day.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think we are. I think we're all in agreement on this or some things. And I, I guess it's disappointing coming off the bye week because, like I said, I saw some of these signs the last three games. They weren't called well, situationally poor. There were too many pre-snap penalties, substitution problems. And you say, OK, you got the bye week, you get that stuff cleaned up. And <clears throat> if anything, it's worse. And yes. like you said, the scary thing is. Look, I think Florida State's better than Miami, but mm-hmm. in a situation, a rivalry game, when you're on the road, they're going to play. Miami's going to play the best game, let's face it. That's that's not even a question they're going to I don't care how crappy they're playing against Virginia they got blown out by Duke they're not going to be a different team next week you got to play well if you keep doing this dumbass crap over and over you're going to leave them in the game and they're going to be in it in the fourth quarter and we've seen how that goes uh if you're in a situation to lose it you may lose it so I I don't know if this is a I guess the question is Tom we've seen this enough this season I don't know if that's something they can correct this season I mean is it you know, going into the next season, there's a situation where he has to come up with Norvell's come up with a different situation for, I don't know if it's a, a coordinator to call plays, tow cars or somebody gets up there and calls the play from above. And you take Norvell out of it because some, he's, he's responsible for this because now he's the head coach. He's responsible. He's calling the play. So all those substitution nonsense and all the calls that are going on inside the five yard line that keep blowing up in his face, that's on him. 100%. Yeah, I agree. So something, if he's not willing, he needs to give that up if he's not willing to fundamentally change his mindset in those situations.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know what we're allowed to say about the red zone periods. So I'll bite my tongue mm-hmm. there. Uh, but maybe in the off season, we can talk about it to a degree. This doesn't shock me. This particular issue is as far as I go. go. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say. And this was a, a, basically atop my list at halftime, and it got buried down the depth chart a little bit to use a, a, a football analogy. It's time for a different special teams coordinator. I, I don't think that John Papucha should be, you know, fired or removed from the staff. He works well with the defensive ends. He's The players love him. He's, I think he's a good recruiter and a good developer of talented defensive yeah, end. I agree. We, we had this conversation last year. Whoever's in charge of it, and it's a group effort. It's not just him. If you go to those Tuesday practices, and there are lots of special teams periods, they waste time with it if they're going to do this kind of crap. Um, but the whole—I mean, the whole of the coaching staff is out there in different parts of the fields, instructing on what to do. So this is a group effort. But whoever is in charge of it needs to be removed. Whoever is making the decisions needs to cede those decisions to somebody else. Maybe it's Coach Norvell making these final decisions, and it's not Papuchas. Whoever it is. They're not allowed anymore, Gene. Why is Sam McCall still returning kicks? Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, Why? There's a
2: lot of fast dudes on this roster. Not timid dudes. I think it was twice we returned it deep and we should have needed it, and both times we got a penalty, I believe, and started inside our ten. I think both times we drove down the field, regardless, we overcame that. But like to your point earlier, you're not going to be able to do that against a better team. You could against Georgia Tech, but there's going to be a situation against Miami you're going to go three and out, and they're going to get the ball at midfield.
1: Ran it out from five yards deep in one situation. In another, you're timid. You're running. It looks like in third gear instead of fourth or fifth gear. They don't coach it that way. But whatever it is, whatever is lost in the process has now been a problem team for multiple seasons. I'm done. It's 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 not even something you well, know. Just take a,
2: the knee capitulate, Take the knee. You're a take dad.
1: A you're a dad. You've had your kids make mistakes. I'm not even mad anymore. You know, I, I mm-hmm. I'm I've already tried that. You know, screaming and yelling to try to get you to change what you're doing. I can't even be mad. You're just you're grounded, or whatever it is. I'm not even mad anymore. Micah Pittman still doesn't catch the ball with consistency. It's the second game in a row where you have a punt bounce off of their 45-yard line, and you're not underneath it in a situation that Dominic Robinson, who returned punts for Florida State, says is an inexcusable mistake. So they've got to change that,
2: too. I don't think they're going to do it midweek. No, and you couldn't – you didn't do it – yeah, at this point, you didn't do anything on the bye week. I to do it now, and he's probably better than – it's, been, it's still better than it was last year. I mean, the, the bar was as low as it could possibly be in 2021, but he's still better than that. But yeah, there's some of those, I, I have a bigger problem. I think, you know, a bigger problem with some of those kick returns because every single time we got a kick return, I don't think you got one past the 20. I don't, I have to go back and look at the stats, but I think every one you were inside your 20 yard line and we, there was a, that's ridiculous. You can't do that.
1: I I will um, end the special teams rant with this. If you're a Jeff Cameron show listener, you've heard this this week and I apologize for the redundancy, but it needs to be said because apparently the lesson's not learned. (laughs) We do do analytics studies, Gene on fourth and three from the 31 yard line or fourth and two from the 38, you know, whatever it is, there's all those analytics on that. How about some analytics on a kick return and the likelihood that you're going to get beyond the 25 yard line. If you're catching the ball inside your own five, Yeah. if you're at the two, what are the chances you get beyond the 25 yard line?
2: And it can't be good. Certainly not with this crew. With this group, it's one in 20. Right. No, I would say, I would tell the returner, okay, if it's inside whatever, the five, the two, whatever you want to market at, don't run it back. And I would say the other person that's back there, your other responsibility is get in front of his ass yes. and tackle him and tell him, no, you can't run it out. So two guys, you got, you got a protector there. So one guy is a dumbass. The other gets in his face and says, no. So that way outside of, uh, our boy against Michigan who, shrug that off Keith Gavin who we went ahead and did that thank goodness but for the most part if there's two guys there and they know the situation that should stop happening at this point I know you had the one kick return this year but you can't keep one time out of 50 returns when you're it's not worth it
1: well and who was that guy who returned the kick yeah Trey Benson Benson. Yeah. yeah So let's let's put Sam back out there. I mean, this is a if you want to find a home. I guess
2: because now he's with with Ward out. I'm guessing because he's yeah. just starting running back. I mean, I get it. So, but he's not back there now, and McCall's not doing it. So let's.
1: I mean, Deuce. I mean, yeah, anybody, anybody on the. That's why there, there's just multiple ways you could look yeah. at it and you say, Good gracious! All right, we belly. Miami
2: lose. I'm seeing people post up. Ben, can we got we got a final score on Miami or what's going on there? It's twelve to twelve. Oh, it's twelve. Oh, well, Miami score. <laughs>
1: I'm Man. showing twelve to twelve. Oh my they're going goodness. to they're going they're running two point plays. They're they're <laughs> they're, they're running two point plays in Charlottesville oh my to goodness. settle this game. So uh, your final score is going to be eighteen to sixteen. I'm predicting it now. Jeez. Wait a minute, UVA wins.
2: That's what someone they're saying. No, the 12 to 12, 12, 12, yeah. 12. Okay, yeah. yeah, someone said UVA wins and it was twelve to. But I yeah.
1: All right. Uh, I think it's
2: time Gene what do you think phone lines time yeah let's open those puppies up
1: all right so here's what we're going to do I'm going to uh, mention and thank our wonderful sponsor at Zaxby's then we're going to take a quick break and open up those lines but first here is the word from our friends who present War Chant Game Day that would be Zaxby's it seems like everyone's got a chicken sandwich these days so how do you know which one to try Luckily, one sandwich towers above all the others in size and in deliciousness. That is Zaxby's Signature Sandwich. It's an extra-large, hand-breaded filet and three thick-cut pickle chips on a split-top bun. And it comes with your choice of Zax sauce or spicy Zax sauce. It's big, it's delicious, and it's only at your neighborhood Tallahassee Zaxby's. Your Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for 17 years, support Zaxby's because they literally Support the program at Florida State. Go Knolls, says the folks at Zaxby's, and I agree with the folks. We'll be right back on Warchant Game Day. The phone lines will be open in just a moment. And sit tight.
0: Something big, something huge, is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's.
3: WordChant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. WordChant.com has the most experienced Tenured and largest staff on the Florida State sports and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry.
4: There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand breaded fingers and our twelve delectable sauces, but there is a sound, and that sound is mmm. Mm, mm.
5: The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities. Only at Zaxby's.
1: We return to the post game show with a thank you to offer immediately to Z Chan, the man, the official DMD of Hi. the DMD. Thank you, Z Chan. We really appreciate that. Here's to Fitz magic being perfect today. And although not pretty, it was a good win. Go Knowles. Let Hate Week begin. Indeed, Z Chan. And Zach did ask us during the, this week in the Cameron show, how did, um, Fitzmagic look, uh, in practice? He's been rock solid. And you know what? He looked rock solid today. So maybe you've got a bit of a solution there. Thank you, Zach. We really do appreciate it. That's the phone number, everybody. 850-805-5911. You are taking part in War Chant Game Days postgame calling show. He is Gene. My name is Tom. And I believe we're going to go to New York in just a moment. I can see the first person in the queue and it is not Gator Kirk. So hopefully Gator. We'll find you in just a moment. One other note, Gene, you said you were sipping on what now? Was that an Oyster City?
2: Yeah, Oyster City here, which, uh, you know, great brewery from Appalachia Cola. They got the one in Tallahassee, but you can find them at all the ABCs. This is a Tate's Hells German style lager. Very tasty. Had it on tap recently, too, which was delicious.
1: I'm going simpler because it's early in the day. We got to pace ourselves.
2: Nothing wrong with a little natty.
1: I'm pacing with a natty. That's our friends at Triangle Sales. And also, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits wants you to remember you order online. Do the curbside pickup. You don't ever have to get out of the car. You just pull into the spot, pop your trunk, and you go on it's to a, your tailgate. You load
2: me up with booze.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's the simple command. Uh, <laughs> I see Mr. Josh in New York. He's still talking to our screener, Terry. So he'll be the first caller. There you go, Ben. There's a heads up for the lower third. Uh, before we get to Josh, Gene, I want to ask you, before we get to, let's say, probably 10 to 15 callers today, do you think the mood of the caller is going to be on average – positive or negative today
2: you know I my reaction is to say negative but our callers have been so good and reasonable they're better than us I mean they've talked me off the ledge the last couple weeks so they may be better than I expect my initial reaction is mostly negative because look you're gonna win this game you're gonna win it big and Florida State left a lot of stuff to nitpick about a lot of stuff that makes you nervous going into Miami if they played a clean game I mean what's the score if they play a relatively clean game Tom if they win by 40 points.
1: Oh, it's probably 56 to three, something yeah. like that. And I
2: think of it. So the, the issue is going, not that you won and all that. The issue is other than Massachusetts, all the other games are going to be tougher than Georgia Tech. So you worry that these little mistakes that happen over and over and over again, if they keep repeating themselves, they're going to cost you another game or two. And that is the concern to me. So I think that will be the overriding theme of the caller. Maybe they'll talk me off the ledge and tell me why I'm wrong. And I hope they can.
1: We'll go to Josh in Long Island. All right, Josh, for the 26th time on WarChamp TV, welcome into the WarChamp postgame show. I see you want to talk about the red zone, but fire away with whatever you got. Welcome to the program, Josh.
4: What's up, guys? Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a uh, – I'm not, I'm not really that mad about today because I know the the things that we do that, that, that we've done wrong in the past have, have just consistently showed up, and we look rusty anyway um the one thing that is concerning and i hate to bring up a jimbo quote but it's the one thing
6: that's concerning
4: jimbo used to always say that you could play the whole game right and situations wrong and lose yep and that's what it seems like we 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 do consistently in the first half the end of the first half the beginning of the second half now with the red zone it looks kind of like and i want to know your opinion on this guys like it looks kind of like Mike Norvell starts overcoaching in the red zone. Where we start doing different formations and things yeah. that we've never seen. And I think that's probably why we get penalties and drop, you know, snaps and all this other stuff. Just do what we either throw it to Johnny Wilson or run up the middle with DJ Lundy. That's it. That's all we need. I don't I'm curious to hear what you guys think about the overcoaching though. Uh, hey,
2: Josh. Yeah.
1: Good call. Yeah, Go ahead, Tom. It's a good call. I think I think there's it's either he gets tight or he overcoaches, it's one or the other. But it's it was kind of a funny thing that you'd laugh at and say, do we have a problem here? And now it's, we have a problem here. I yeah. think that's what it's graduated to. Gene, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, it's almost like he's coaching still for 2020 when there were so many problems and he had to scheme his way to try to get scores and stuff. No, you have a viable offensive lineup. you got some physical running backs. You're, you're showing it. Between the 20s, you're getting to where you need to go. And then, like, it, Josh brought up a great point. Like, he, he he changes. He gets inside the 10-yard line, and suddenly he starts bringing in different formations and personnel. And he's just throwing more added variance to the equation, which creates more potential problems. I'm, I always go back to the old adage, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I'm doing business or anything else, it's like at the end of the day, it's the old kiss thing. Keep it simple, stupid. And it seems like it's the opposite, man. He's getting more complicated with situations that ought to be even more simple and more fundamental. He's making it more complicated. You don't need to do that. This is a good enough team against most teams. You get it on the one, two yard line, you can run it. You're probably going to be okay in that situation. You don't need to do the end arounds to Micah. You don't need to do, you know, occasionally, I guess, like you said, in some situations, maybe the Wildcat, but... When you're running effectively the entire game and Benson looks good and Tophili's fighting hard, I don't think you need to do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. The Wildcat didn't get you down inside the five-yard line, so you don't necessarily need it that moment. Against better defensive lines, maybe against Miami next week because their defensive line is pretty good and the Canes uh, win, and I'm sure they're going wild. are uh, going wild and The U first. is back. That's right, 14-12. The War of 14-12, uh, the, the U <laughs> <laughs> defeats uh, Virginia. But w- whatever it is, um, it's consistent now, and it's something we're going to have to talk about until it's fixed. And, Gene, the reason that it's so frustrating is this offense will generate explosive plays like crazy. I mean, left and right. Today was no exception. Johnny Wilson down the sidelines making a guy miss, a safety miss, and scoring from 70-odd yards. And then Lawrence Toofili on a wheel route shortly after he fumbled. I mean, there are these plays where you go, man, you can bank on Florida State picking up 30 or 40 yards multiple times a game if you just handle what seems to be the simple stuff now you're a real problem for a lot of teams in the country
2: don't you don't you cringe though when they get on those big plays when they get caught inside the five yard line i mean there was a play the worst and yeah. i've seen some bad officiating calls they pick play on johnny wilson oh uh, i mean i mean come on that was i mean i've seen some bad ones that might be the worst
1: gene but their I first mean, their first touchdown georgia tech's out, out the oh, hat. the pick yeah I mean, so if, if the definition of offensive pass interference is Johnny Wilson just being in the area of an, of a defender who takes a bad angle, then most certainly
2: yeah. it
1: would hold that you've got a pass interference on the offense for an outright pick in which Jamie Robinson is grabbed by his yeah. breastplate.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. But before I, before I saw the flag, I think we were down on the two, three yard line at that point. I'm like, oh no, not, not more. Norvell circus nonsense down inside the five yard line. So it actually did us a favor because in the next play, it was the next one Toafili scored on, right? With the wheel route. Yes. That yeah. was the next play. So, yeah. So I was like, thank goodness for that. But you shouldn't be cringing when the team, your team gets the ball inside the five yard line. That shouldn't be a problem for you. Yeah, it is. So Josh, we're all see. I think we all agree. This is an issue. And I hope Norvell can self scout. I was hoping he'd do it during the bye week. On what's been going on in the red zone because it's been happening all season. This isn't like this just popped up this week. This has been a problem yeah. all season, and it looks like the same his solution seems to be I'm going to coach it more and more. I'm going to bring in more formations and make it more complicated when it should be the opposite.
1: Yeah, they spent an extra period or two on it on, on Tuesday uh, in practice, and we wrote a story about it on Warchamp.com. That, that you know they they went off a script. The practice has been remarkably similar for mm. you know the balance of camp through now. But Tuesday they realized that they've got to work more in red zone. I bet they do it again. Good comment from Jim between calls here, who said uh, we clinch a bowl versus Miami, and we eliminate Florida from the bowl season on Thanksgiving. I See, like Jim's it. Jim's having a good day. Jim Jim's listening to some good music and watching the War Chant Game Day post game show and smiling. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate yeah. that and your positivity. Uh, Garrett in Los Angeles is next on the program here. Welcome to the program, Garrett in Los Angeles. I think we're talking defense. Is that right?
5: Oh, 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 gotta get that in because we got the win. Um, we, I do want to talk defense, but first I do want to say I, was, I had to work today and I work at a university here in Los Angeles and I was repping a Florida state shirt and I got a random go known. There you go. We're so everywhere. You wait. know, we're just everywhere, but, um, but so Corey points this out, you know, he pointed it out again. This is the fourth straight game that we give up a touchdown after the first half i mean aren't adjustments being made are we just saying hey if it works let's just roll with it i mean adam fuller if he got fired today who would pick him up who would really want adam fuller is like their dc jim leonard's out there he might go to wisconsin he might stay at wisconsin will muschamp is available i mean there's some other people out there that we can pick and pull because, you know, I don't know if it's just our defense. It's 4 2 In theory, yeah, we put speed on the field. We got four guys up front. But, you know, we're so thin at linebacker, I guess that's why we have to do it. So I don't know if that's a recruiting issue or if that's just a scheme issue. But I'm going to say it. I'm done. I'm done with Fuller.
1: All right. There's Garrett in Los Angeles. Right, He's looking the classifieds. He's looking at the classifieds. Yeah. The defensive coordinator. He's placed an ad. I'm not there yet, Gene. I, I am with special teams. I'm like Garrett. That, that resolution in his voice is me with special teams and the coordination of it. Uh, where are you on Adam Fuller? I feel like we've had the peaks and the valleys with the defensive coordinator over the last, I don't know,
2: 18 games. What do you think? You know, but if you go at halftime and you're like the most dominating half of football that they've had defensively, I mean, yeah, there's you can pick at something. For, at the end of the day, at least going into this week, Florida State was number 26 in total defense. I mean, that doesn't seem like a, a fireable Thing. And, look, there's there's some obvious problems, as Garrett pointed out, especially in, as you pointed out, those, the defense starting second half. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, so some obvious problems. But at the end of the day, again, we've talked same thing with Norvell. This team is getting better. The defense is getting better. They had a stop in the fourth quarter I was happy with. I wasn't thrilled that they gave up with time expiring. But I mean, that was against the backups. They need the experience. So it is what it is. Yeah. And thank goodness. So, wh- Tom, why did they not kick the extra point on that one? Uh,
1: I guess they just
2: opted not to,
1: I guess because they didn't, it wasn't affecting the game. It happened last year. I believe Gene with Clemson and FSU on the ridiculous.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. And all that laterals, somebody
1: I know may have covered based on that, but, uh, that
2: that was a big, bad beat for a lot of people. Yeah.
1: Um, I think it's just maybe an option at that point if it doesn't have a bearing on the game. I figured
2: it was an option. I'm sure they could kick it. But my feeling was, what if they decided? You know, we want to work on our two point play. Yeah, and everybody gets screwed who bet on FSU. Yeah, that, in that, that situation.
1: Freshman kid wasn't a bad quarterback, but that's I'm not even going to try and justify
2: them. No, going no, to- no, no, no. Garrett's right. I mean, there was definitely some problems on defense, especially in that second half. But as you pointed out. The first touchdown was on an illegal pick play that they didn't yeah, – ACC, it is it is what it is. It's the ACC. They're going to blow some shit like that. Yep. Um, You know, there the, there were some gaps, but it wasn't the worst defensive performance I've seen. It, it could have been better. But, again, your top – if you're going to finish probably at least in the top 30, 40 in total defense, I mean – Compared to where Florida State was a couple of years ago, you take that. But you expect improvement. You go, you need to clean this up. They need to be a top 20 defense yep. next year. So as long as he keeps doing that, it's painful growth, but it's growth.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I hear you, Garrett, but um, I reserve that kind of resolution for yeah. special teams. And I'm not there. On <laughs> just well, mahalo. We go out to Hawaii. We're talking to Spartan Ole. It's Ralph, one of the favorites of Warchan TV. Ralph, welcome to the program. Go ahead. Mahalo.
6: Uh, aloha, guys. How's it? Yeah.
2: Hey, Ralph. We're happy to be talking to you. What are, what are the pillars?
6: Hey, thank you, guys. That's very really kind to say. Um, I know it's kind of a dead issue and a broken record to uh, complain about the officiating. Uh, I'm more curious to know uh, if you guys think the ACC is such a lame duck conference at this point with all the expansion going on and the conference realignment. A guy like Alford who just took over, obviously, this year and seems to be very enthusiastic about improving the product. And I know the ACC has to care because as someone myself who has an MBA, I'm all about the image of your product. I know the ACC has to care. I'm just curious, why in the hell does this stuff continue to be allowed to exist? That pass interference call on Johnny Wilson was atrocious. The way they handled the end of the Miami regulation, well, I don't know if you guys saw that yet, but that was atrocious. Oh. This is a damn joke.
1: Yeah, I, I'd ask you this, uh, Ralph. How about this? What do you think the ACC puts more effort into getting right, television broadcasts on their network or officiating? It's a tough one. Where would you go? Uh,
6: they're, they're both garbage, <laughs> so I can't see that they're putting the effort into either one, honestly. But – if you improve the product on the field won't people want to see it more which will improve your tv ratings
2: yeah 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 i mean ralph you're you're preaching the choir buddy i mean i think we're all in a hundred percent agreement and they just it happens week in and week out the quality officiating and you know it was an interesting story i talked to somebody that was kind of in the know with the sec and i'm sec officiating and there was a conference where a bunch of officials would get in there. You know, the question came up, like, what does the SEC do differently than the ACC? You no, know, interestingly, one of the things I didn't know is right after an SEC game, the entire crew gets together with an independent person who also viewed the game with the All-22 and all the calls. And immediately after the game, they go court, they correct everything. They do instant analysis of what they did. So they're putting in extra time to be as good as possible. The ACC, as soon as the game's over, they all go off. There is no... You know, at the end of the year, they do some oh dog and pony show where they all get together. Oh, you did great on that call, Johnny. Nice job. But there's not they don't put in the effort. There's not the investment. But it's the same thing and brought and you know, all the other stuff you've talked about, too. They just simply they act like a second tier conference. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a second tier conference. So yeah, you're getting what, what you're putting into it.
1: You're getting student labor in a lot of situations here for some of yeah, the, the broadcast, broadcast. That's right. And, you know. Micah Pittman is going to be ruled in for a touchdown on second and goal before the fumble if they don't have a camera person standing directly behind an official. Like,
2: oh my God, that was stupid. I love when they showed that first replay. I'm like, what is the, does somebody not above see that replay and go, that's useless. Don't put that up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Where's the director there who's saying that no, we're not cutting to that. We're going to cover up our mistakes here. Uh, they don't even bother to do that though. Uh, Ralph, so what's for lunch? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No good. None of it's good. Ralph, what's for lunch over in Hawaii today?
6: Uh, well, uh, we haven't gone out yet, so I just had a peanut butter sandwich, which is an all-time classic for me. Um, we're go. probably going to do a steak plate, which is very popular out here, just stopping at a local, and, uh, a local, uh, we call them grinds out here, uh, you know, a local grind shop, and just pick up a steak plate, um, but, uh, and I understand I'm preaching to the choir, but my, my really... Do you remember the Toa Philly touchdown where he touched the pylon okay. and they called him out? He was three yards from the boundary. His ball was complete. His body was completely in the air. It, this is so GD infuriating. <laughs> you would think the ACC would try to do something. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I agree. Okay.
6: Guys, but, thank you for the time. Yeah.
2: Thank you, oh, Rob. Cool. Mahalo, buddy. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the ones where I will say we get all of our criticism we want with Jimbo. The one thing I wish Norvell would do is be a little bit more publicly critical because we get the same when we ask and he goes, why don't you ask? Well, we do ask about it. And they say, well, we send the clips to the ACC and we get feedback and all that stuff. Man, sometimes you just need to publicly come out and say they're bad. They screwed up. You know, the Johnny was horrible. It yeah. keeps happening over and over. And Jimbo would call them out sometimes. And I think sometimes a squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. Sometimes what we've been doing for years and years to try to get them to fix the bad officiating has not helped. No. So and I'm sure. Look, he'll get fined. Do you not think some boosters will step up and pay Norvell's fine if he bitches at the ACC officials?
1: Right, exactly.
2: And and it's Let's something, do
1: it. Gene. If they take the credentials from the kickoff, I don't give a damn. They suck. They suck at at officiating. They suck on television. It is a second rate product. And if you yeah. want to hold yourself up to this image that Jim yeah. Phillips wants you to be, and that's what he gets on the stage and he and he talks about the greatness and the prestige of the ACC, then put a product on television. That people would bother to want to watch instead of this joke of a broadcast where you can't even get players' names right. How many yeah. times was Trey Benson called Lawrence Toofili and vice versa this half? I mean, Micah Pittman was called Jakai Douglas. I mean, it's just.
2: Yeah, that, that first pass from J- Catch by Jakai, they're like, I'm like, zero, his number's zero. How, why would you think that's Micah? It's a totally different number, dude.
1: I'm nowhere near a perfect worker, never have been. But, you know, if my job is to call play by play on the ACC network, that's a really good job for all the people that are doing play by play in the country. Like, that is a privilege. I'm gonna know zero from four on the
2: freaking Yeah, and don't those guys basically do one broadcast. Right. They have all week to prepare for one game. Yep. And look at the maybe have to look at the roster. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just it's
1: atrocious and uh that's ESPN and the ACC at work hand in hand, aren't they? Uh but you know what? They wouldn't get it wrong for the SEC. Anyway, we go to Thomasville, or maybe en route to Thomasville, to the DMD of Warchan TV, and that is Z Chan. Z Chan, welcome to the program. He's a pillar. What what's going on? Talk to us. What's up, guys? We're hanging hey, in. Z Chan, yeah. Oh,
7: nothing much. I uh, man, I I was. I tell you what, a couple things. A, Gene, I will gladly fork up some money. Yeah. Uh To pay Norvell's fine, without all blessing. right,
2: Norvell, you hear that? <laughs> Z Chan's got you covered. The next time they screw up, which will be the next game, publicly speak out. Z Chan's got you covered, and you don't have to tip us for the next couple of years. That if that's good. what it takes, Z Chan. We will be. We're behind you. We got your back.
7: Good. Well, it's ridiculous. I, I, some of those call I can't even believe it. I was a, I was a soccer official and actually an ACC soccer official for several years. And I just, so watching some of that officiating just as an official, even though I wasn't a football official, it was just, I can't even, I don't even understand what they're looking at. It doesn't, it makes no sense to me one bit. Um But anyway, that was just a side that I just really, I, I was going to talk about defense the last, the guy a couple couple calls back kind of talked about that some, but, I just thought I really 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 like watching Rodney Hill run at the
2: end of that game. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. You you that know that man you, hit
1: some holes fast. You know you're going to get an agreement out of me. That's Z Tom's Chan. guy. That's my See, guy. My
2: guy was Johnny Wilson coming in, but your guys for next year I think that's that's it. it's Rodney Hill. Yes. I, I would totally
1: agree. Yeah, a 100%. He
7: was, he was very impressive. He hit the holes fast and hard and ran downhill and didn't didn't look back and you know, he, he just he couldn't be stopped. When you're running that fast, even running through the hole, they can't. They'd get an arm on him and couldn't stop him. I was very, very impressed with his running today. Um, I'm I'm excited to watch him play some more. So,
1: what else are you excited about for next week, Z-Chan? It's a tough day. This this is a day where it's hard to sort out what's going on. You have a huge win, but yet there's so much to clean up, and it's so obvious. It's one thing to read the box score and you'd be pleased, but if you watched this game and sat through it like you did. There's there's a lot to be concerned about, but now it's Miami. They just won 14 to 12. How about you next week? What are you excited to see out of this group?
8: Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify dot com slash warchant all lowercase. That's Shopify dot com slash warchant all lowercase and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to Shopify dot com slash warchant.
7: I tell you what, I'm I'm probably I I mean, beyond just a knolls smashing of the canes that 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 you know that'd be the most exciting thing i could see next week um no i honestly i want to see um I, I would be the most excited if i saw our offense play and and play with some ease and not like every single play was just a absolute struggle like they could you know there was so much effort that went into every single play just to do something. And I'd love to, I would be thrilled if I could see them play with just some ease. We're just, yeah. they're just moving the ball and yep. they seem like they're in sync and they're playing. I, we haven't seen that um very
1: often here recently. I'd love to see that again, especially against the Canes. Yeah. That's a good call. Thank you, Z-Chan. We appreciate Thanks, it, buddy. Yeah, that's Good right. Some of the simple stuff just looks so damn hard. And some of the stuff that's harder to do, like moving the ball between the 20s, looks easy. So it's just really strange
2: stuff. Yeah, don't, don't change, it. don't change what's working, man. Keep do, doing what you're doing. You yep. know, you get down, you get down the goal line. If Johnny Wilson's one on one, throw it up to him. If, if otherwise, just run it with your big guys between the tackles.
1: Yeah. You know? agree. To the nearly 600 of you that are watching the post postgame call and show, thank you for being here. Remember to support our sponsor, Zaxby's, when you're in Tallahassee. They support the football program directly, so it's Knowles helping Knowles. Thank you them for their support by, when you're up here, going to grab some Zaxby's after the game, before the game, whatever the case may be. And throw us a like, too, if you would, underneath this video. It helps us find more Florida State fans who are looking for great content. That's what we do at Warchan TV. Next up, is another pillar. It's Mr. Eric Angel. He's outside of another establishment in Tallahassee. I wonder where our, he
2: could be. Not our
1: favorite one. <laughs> no. But he's one near campus where we've all been, smells a lot like smoke and, and good and bad memories at the same oh, time.
2: Oh, boy, I know where he is. Wow. Yes, in
1: yes, a palatial setting for Mr. Eric Angel. Welcome, <laughs> Eric, to the program.
5: Hey, Tom and G, what's going on, brothers? <laughs>
2: hey, Eric, you're <laughs> your you dump, your, your dumpster diving near the stadium, huh?
1: I oh, am. Yeah, I'm at the palace, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've been oh, to the palace many a night. There's
1: nothing wrong with the palace. It's just, nope. you know what you're getting into when you go to the palace. Yeah. What you
6: got? Oh, you know it, man.
1: Yeah. Who they, who
6: they
9: gonna beat them nose, man? Who they gonna beat them nose, man? My God, man, the ACC reps. Don't they fucking suck? <laughs> Jesus, <cry laughs> me, they oh, fucking boy. Suck. Eric, God damn.
2: Eric, we never Jesus. know of you. I mean,
9: I, if I hit the Powerball tonight, whenever it is next drawing, if nobody's hit it, I'm, I'm buying this out of this damn conference, and then I'll split the rest with <laughs> <of> you guys.
2: <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like your thinking, Eric. I, th- I thought he was going to
6: say We're you're going to blow pay more out Miami. He's really deep Virginia. We're going to blow out Miami. It's going to be forty-four to whatever. I don't even know.
1: All right. So wait a minute. You're on record. You're calling for it because Eric, you've been down at times where we thought you might be optimistic, and vice versa. So. This is a rough day, but it's a good win. You're calling for a blowout over Miami next week. You're on the record. Is that right?
9: Yeah, that's right.
2: All right, Eric. Or let's
9: say 17, whatever. 44 17.
2: Okay. All right. If they cover that spread, Eric. Old, it's to be a big old, old, old
6: Walker's number. Old Walker's number.
2: There you go. He, he's like calling it. for
6: Marcus Walker.
1: A Demarcus spot. Thanks, Eric. Enjoy the Palace Saloon. Uh, he was the man who had the block at the Rock, if I'm not mistaken. right? Wasn't that DeMarcus who got a hand on the yeah, football?
2: DeMarcus yeah, DeMarcus Walker. That's right. Go,
1: playing down in that building. Uh Over under four. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends uh, on the size. Michael, it always depends. Is it a pint? Is it a big daddy? Is it a 12-ounce I can? don't think
2: it matters. I'm taking the over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we now go to a place near and dear to my heart. I've never seen this particular caller before, but Jonathan now joins the program from Palm Harbor. Say hi to my parents when you're down there, Jonathan. I'm How's there, it going? Man. And Welcome to the War Champ Post Game Show. Good. Tom, Very good to be with you, First time caller. Yeah, I think we're uh, around the same area. I went to Eastlake
10: High School. so. Oh, yeah. All um, right.
2: One of my best friends yeah. uh, was uh, there. And when were you there, Jonathan?
10: Uh, Down at Eastlake? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I graduated in 02. Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Okay. I don't know if you know Jim Burgesson. He oh, wow. used to be, be the athletic director there as a history teacher, a good friend of mine.
10: Uh yeah, I don't know. If I okay. it.
2: That's all right. What you so, got? What you got for us?
10: Uh, so, I was just calling that I felt like just the game, it was a whole weird vibe, the whole game. Yeah. Like at at the beginning, I just I didn't have a good feeling. Those first two drops and that first drive, I was like and then when the refs right in front of them, <laughs> you know, they hit the pylon, they just call it down. It was just a whole weird vibe, just play calling, just everything. I mean, we've got the win, but I think it's just you're lucky you played Georgia Tech because it was just sloppy coming off a bye and even just everything. Like, the ACC network is just terrible. Like, it can't be, right. like, said enough. Like, the camera work, I can't count how many times it was like you missed a pass because the camera wasn't downfield. It was like just Mm – on that network, it's just so hard to, like, watch a game. Like, it makes it even worse. Yes. Like, it's just – it just added to, like, the weird vibe of the game. And, you know, I'm happy we got the win. But it just overall, it just felt – just it just felt like a weird day.
1: All right, Jonathan. So let me ask you this. Did you make it through the entirety of the game on the ACC network? Or did you have to turn it off and flip somewhere I, else?
10: I did. I flipped during commercials, but – you know, I'm a diehard Knoll, so I, of course I watched the entire game, but it was just, every time it's on ACC network, I just kind of cringe because it's just, just, everything is just bad about it. The production just, yeah. oh man. Yep. And then, you know, the, the rest don't help out with that, that offensive pass interference on Johnny Wilson. That was just
2: absurd. Yep. Like it was, man, I just. Yeah, you're right. The yeah, more you think about that, you think about someone else brought up in the chat, like the, the really small crowd, the nooner, the bad broadcast, the weird officiating, the sloppy play by FSU. It was a, it was almost like a high school JV vibe, you know, yeah. going into this whole thing. It was just, it was just ugly. You take the win, but I think Jonathan's right. It was really you just hopefully get this out of your system. You feel like you got, you ate something that just tasted really bad, and you got to flush it out of your system and move on. Yeah.
1: That's uh, I love the comment from Michael and thank you, Jonathan. Be sure and call back, man. I yeah. appreciate you calling in and being a new member of the post game family. But uh, Michael says I was waiting for the camera to go in the opposite direction of where the ball is. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: Um
1: That wouldn't
2: have been stunning to me either, Michael, because it wasn't just the sideline shot. You're right. It's the play by play. A couple times we're on the bench showing something and they go back at the end of the play. You're like, what happened? I was honestly thinking I was joking. I was sitting with, uh, Terry, who's manning the phones in front of ours, Dan, and on the pylon play when he hit it, because then the ball came loose after he hit the pylon. I thought the official were going to say, pylon causes the fumble, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech's football. I mean, <laughs> ACC, would you yeah. have been shocked that they would do something like that in the first call in history where the pylon force the fumble?
1: Yeah, I would, no, I, I would never be shocked by anything that the <laughs> ACC comes up with. And I think Jonathan hits the nail on the head, which is, it makes the experience worse when you're not handling your own business. Then the broadcast stinks and the camera angle stinks and the the commercials are weird and the officials stink. And it's just, you know, some of this is Florida State's issue, but a lot of it isn't. And so now you're just angry at the world, like you're pissed off at the world. I genuinely was just so much happier talking to Dominic Robinson for the second half. I watched the whole first half on television and I was ready to just throw something and maybe – you know, maybe I should take everybody else's the, – the advice we give everybody else, which is just join us for the watch-along. Don't bother with the ACC. Don't bother with the ACC network. Put it on mute. Come to War Chant on YouTube and watch us you do know, the watch You
2: know what my dream is, Tom, that they will figure this out. In this day and age of the Mannycast and all that, you know, ESPN, you know what? Approach us. Let us do – you can do multiple broadcasts for a game. Let Let us broadcast the game. You and Dominic and whoever else on our staff, you'll get a real perspective from FSU fans – They'd much rather listen to that than that nonsense that you're doing on there that nobody wants to hear, and these guys are ill-prepared. I mean, just do it. Do you want to appease your fans and get more people to tune in? This is the age of streaming. You can do it. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want.
1: And and here's the thing I'd say, too. This is really important because I want to stress. They use student labor, ESPN does, for a lot of these games. Nobody is besmirching you at Florida
2: State over there, the student. You should not be put in a position – like this without the proper training. But have you seen an SEC game where Florida's playing where this kind of production happens I, on their network? I agree.
1: All I'm stressing is that students, if you're watching this, or parents of students who are a part of the production. We're not criti- you're right. We're not critical of y'all. They're just being put in a position that's just ridiculous, and clearly it's Except not. Except a- for the
2: student. I, the one criticism I had this whoever was a student director for the spring game who decided the entire spring games was interviews on the sideline, no, sir or man, I have a problem with you. Florida That's man, in, nonsense.
1: Florida man in Texas gives us a, a word of uh, endorsement. Thank you, Florida Thank man. Yeah. Thank you. He's around, man. He, he's a uh, he's a steady Eddie. We love you, Florida man in Texas. We now go to the villages. We haven't talked to this gentleman oh, yeah. since September the seventh. Oh my goodness, for the eighty third time on War Chant TV, we go to Wes in the villages. Welcome, Wes. How's it going?
9: What's up, fellas? Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, I, my phone, I was tra- tra- traveling over to Daytona Beach and hit a dead spot, so I had to call back in, so I'll try to keep it brief. Sure. It's, uh, it's nice to call in after a big victory, though.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a month.
9: <laughs> I, I swear, it felt, it felt like it was the, the best, worst game ever. Uh, you know, 640 yards of offense, and yet, you know, you, you look at how the game played out. And it just was one of those where you're like, wow, you know. I mean, it just just thought a lot of nonsense in that game. Uh, I didn't quite expect. Um Glad to get the victory, obviously, and and that. But you know, you just look at some of the little mistakes, and you go, well, you can get away with that against Georgia Tech, but they've got to clean up some of that if they're going to be able to finish this season out the way all of us want them
1: to. Yeah, no uh, doubt. There's a, there's a lot that needs to be worked on, Wes. Uh, what would you say is the thing that you need to see? next week fundamentally different from today. Well, I mean, Miami. really,
9: really and, tru- really and truly, it just seems, and this is like two games in a row, but when they get down there in the red zone and, and the fumbleitis, and the weird plays and, like, and some of the decision-making on the play call and, like, you, you've got to take advantage of, uh, you know, securing the ball, safe plays, but also, you know, you've got a 6-7 receiver. Like, some of the calls, like, they're questionable at times that I feel like they keep getting repeated. And we all know what the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And there tends to be there just seems to be some uh decision making down there that I, I just feel like they're putting themselves in a spot that they don't have to, and tweaking the play column a little bit I think would eliminate some of the, the potential for those uh, you know, bad snaps, fumbles, odd pitch, whatever. And if they just cleaned up some of that, that you know, get better execution down there. Um I think that would make all the difference. Now on one of those plays I was glad it played out the way it did because to give Fitzgerald a chance to make a field goal and he was what two for two today? He was. So yeah. I wasn't I wasn't all un I wasn't all unhappy about it. I kinda was glad after the first one I think happened because I'm like, sweet, Fitzgerald's gonna get to kick a field goal that he can make and he needs that confidence if he's especially if he's gonna have to kick next week down in hard rock. So I'm not all mad about it, but I just I hate the there's times when the execution and the play calling you just sit there and scratch your head and go what is going on it's so uncharacteristic and it's just you just don't expect it because this team seems to be more disciplined um as a whole than that and, and sometimes in, in critical times making these bonehead calls or uh plays or you know the lack of execution and it just leaves you going man I mean, if you just clean that up i think everything else you know kind of comes full circle um that's just my opinion
1: that's uh, a good opinion. It's a good call, Wes. And Wes, you've always been the king of the promos. So not only were you promoing uh, yeah. Fitz Magic today, but uh, play us off as yeah. you always do. You're first class, yeah. I, Tom. I appreciate the setup, so
9: I didn't get cut off. I'm gonna hit it. Hey, Gene, you be good, buddy. It was. I, hey, Tom, did, 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 did Gene tell? I was up at uh, Indigo. Yeah, he did. He did stop you guys by, were on the broadcast. a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't want. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah.
2: I'm yeah, sorry.
9: Sure I, didn't I hit, came up for I the uh, really well for, um...
2: But yeah, he did want to say hello to you guys. Oh well, I'm sorry. West, next time hey.
1: we'll hey. make sure that happens next time. I'm sorry about that.
9: Yeah. I, I didn't have a lot of time. I was making rounds from loft to lot and tailgate, and so I just came up and said a quick hey and got out of there. But I'll catch you next time. Hopefully, I'm I'm gonna try to come up for the the Florida game. I I plan on being there for the Florida game, so I'll try try, try to come see you guys. Um, but yeah, on the way out, uh, everybody, don't forget to hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, as well as WarChant.com, the best in the business. It's only $10. It's highway robbery that you're getting it that cheap. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to eat at Zaxby's. Y'all be good, and go nose.
2: There he is. Thank you, Wes. That is the man. Always a solid call from Wes, man. appreciate it. He's been reiterating all the stuff you and I have been saying, Tom, about the red zone deficiencies and ineptitudes. And it's got to get cleaned up. It's it's To me, it's cost you at least one game, at least one And it's going to cost you one or two more unless you just clean that stuff up. It's, it's going to happen. You got away with it against Georgia Tech. You won't. One of these games, you're going to look back like NC State and go, you blew another one that you outplayed a team and you had it won Mm -hmm. and you did some, by the way, the people who are freaking out that Florida might rise up and because it's a rivalry and Georgia struggled, it's 21 nothing already, Georgia. So Gators are getting a beat down like they deserve.
1: That's another thing. It, look, Miami won today, but um, it's 14 to 12. They didn't score a touchdown. So it's 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 like a half a win over Virginia. Uh, 14
2: and, and they don't score a touchdown. And, and for,
1: okay. 14 the hard way. would yeah. that be something that Gene Deckerhoff would say? <laughs> um, and then you know, Florida's off to a rough start, and we can complain about an ugly blowout win. So things yeah. could be worse. They have been worse for much of the last five years. That would be the big positive. We've got some folks to thank as well. Uh, ben, feel free to to wipe up some folks that maybe we glossed over, and we need to thank again. But Kimba, oh well, I like that Kimba with a with a uh, very nice compliment. Mm-hmm. The whole event, coaching, broadcasting, refing, it was like the Twilight Zone. It was, and you're just stuck there watching another one nine hundred ad for some nine ninety nine thing that they'll double. You just pay extra shipping and handling, and you're like, my God, what am I doing with my Saturday? <laughs> We're Knowles, and we fight through it. It's the sacrifice we make for the Knowles. FSU fan 93, always a big supporter of what we do. Anemic <laughs> business chicken, chicken walker type game. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, uh, I, I'm glad we won the game, but the final should have been 45 to nine. Loved how JT 13 and JW 14 played. Loved how Benson ran. We boat race the U. Another guy Ooh, who's all in for the upcoming the blowout. Was, it, yep, was that
2: Eric's score too? Or he said 44 17, right? I think was that 17. Eric. Yeah. I think that's all right. right. There seems to be a theme here. I like it. Wow,
1: Z-Chan back again. Mrs. Z-Chan told me to say hello and go Knowles. I forgot. Oh, well, thank you. You don't have to contribute at that level for for, uh, being forgetful, Z-Chan, but we appreciate you very much. Marcus, may I say Rattler Strike this homecoming weekend? Man, there's nothing like a FAMU homecoming weekend. Always build in 15 minutes extra for wherever uh, wherever you need to get on FAMU homecoming weekend. We hope everybody is safe and enjoying themselves in Tallahassee. Drew, Drew I, he's back again. I see some cheap tickets at Doke South coming available soon. He's using the hashtag of what we all know, which is Screw Miami. Yeah. Over-under on having more Knowles and Canes in attendance next week. That's a decent shot, Gene. What do you think?
2: I don't know. I've been there before when FSU's been a favorite, and they it's like one game they just save all their tickets. They don't go to any of the games and they show up for one game. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty close to 50-50, I'm going to say. I think Miami might have a slight edge. Now, hopefully they all leave at halftime. And that won't be the case, but I, again, like it's one game they get up, the players get up for the fans get up for one game every two years.
1: Yeah. And Island chief, uh, offensively, is this the worst performance this year? <laughs> 640 plus yards. That's the weird thing is you're pissed about the offense and you nearly put up 700- seven. It,
2: it wasn't so much. This is wasn't an execution. This was more yeah, the coaching and. Just penalties, please pre-snap stuff, just a lot of other stuff. I mean, they were making big plays. They were executing. It's the, kind of the opposite when the coaches say, we weren't executing. We were executing. We weren't coaching well.
1: There's a, there's a company in town. I forget which one it is that calls their secretary the director of first impressions, which I just find it, it. It's an amazing corporate title. Uh, but that's what today was. It was about the first impression. The first impression for the offense was just, ugh. It was there there was so much good substance wise, and then you can't finish the job and so you're pissed off for the next three hours. Mm-hmm. That's probably Island Chief why we're, you know, complaining about six hundred and forty yards. It's just it didn't you didn't finish the job. You did the hard parts, you didn't cash in when it should be easy and straight ahead and you made it more difficult on yourself. Uh Marcus, thank you. He's mentioning the fact that uh he gave a t shirt. I don't know that I can wear it on the air. <laughs> it's like one of those ninety shirts they had the back at Bill's jean. Oh, yeah. uh, but I love it. It's something about, uh, removing Miami from the state. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, Canes fans, it is that week. So if you're watching right now, it's going to be a whole lot of fun on War Chant TV as we picket you for all the many things you're doing wrong. Thank you, Marcus. That catches us up on, um, some of those donations. Um, Gene, I, I will say now that we're kind of on the back end of these callers, most everybody was pretty reasonable once again.
2: They always That's, are. Uh, yeah. We have the best callers out there, and I've always, like, you know, we when we originally talked about doing this, like, uh I don't know, some of the post-game stuff might get a little shady, might get a little boring or repetitive. They Everybody brings it. They're intelligent. They're thoughtful. Uh, you know, like I said, the last game, the Clemson game, they tried to talk me down. I was pretty upset, and they actually – I felt better after the game. It's cathartic not only for you guys to hear us, but for us to hear you guys and get your input. So you guys are doing a great job. And, and a lot of the chatters, I've I, they're very good today, too. I have, usually there's some trolls in there, and maybe I missed a few, but the most part, they've been very good as well. Oh,
1: I mean, sometimes it's a group therapy session. Sometimes it's a group uh, funeral. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's a group celebration. But we all do this together on Warchant TV, and it doesn't happen without the 500-plus of you who are with us right now. Nolbuck, thank you very much. Just coming into the chat with it. I'm worried that Norvell has started to show a propensity for not cashing in. Can yeah. we not just line up and single back and drive the ball down their throat in the goal line?
2: Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: I don't know. That's a rhetorical, it. it's a rhetorical question, and if you took Vegas odds on it right now, they wouldn't look favorable to Florida State. But so.
2: it, the issue is not that that happened this game, that his issue, it's a propensity. This has been a pattern since yes. he's been from year one. It's the same thing over and over and over. Like I said, definition of insanity, man. you got to think, when they get in the red zone, Norvell is insane. So, you know what you do? You put him in the rubber room and you have somebody else make the calls. Mm-hmm. If, that, whatever it takes, you have to clean up the red zone stuff. Yeah. And again,
1: you know, it's just they get credit for improving so much that now we're talking about finishing the job. Last year, we would have been thrilled with a lot of these explosive plays and 600 yeah. yards of offense. We would have done backflips for 600, 600 yards of offense against anybody. So, they get credit for the improvement. But, I mean, between the 20s doesn't do anything for you, Gene, unless you score the points. So.
2: Well, unless you had a great kicker, you kick a lot of field goals, but that, right. you know, no offense. Hey, great job fits today. Two for two. And hopefully that he builds on that and we're doing better. But the problem is when you're, you know, you can't, I'm sorry, but at this point, do you want the game to come down to him hitting a 38 yarder against Miami? I mean, yeah. none of right. us want to see that. Exactly.
1: Uh, we're on last call for the callers. I see one in the screening room. We can make, take maybe, uh, I don't know, one more after that. Yeah. Uh, but I see that we're going to have a call from one of our favorites in Ocala in just a moment. Then we will take a break after we get this call from Gene in Ocala, who is up in just a second. Uh, and then we'll take a break, have some final thoughts, see if we can get somebody from the press box. If yeah. not, we've broken this game down ad nauseum. We know what happened today, folks. It's a blowout situationally poor, but we're in position now to go six and three next week on the road at Miami. And wouldn't that be a sweet post game show to be a part Woo. of late on a Saturday it's night? Be
2: another late night.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt whatsoever. And so here he is. It is Gene in Ocala, and I'm going to pull him from the screening room. Hopefully this doesn't give us any issues. Gene, welcome to the program. It is now the 15th time you called us. How's it going today?
11: It's going great. I finally, out of of these uh, eight games, I'm finally able to talk to my guys there and uh talk some nose, chop it up with you a little bit.
1: We missed you, Gene. It's been since November of yeah. last year, so welcome wow. back. He hasn't
2: called in this year, man. Uh,
1: you're one of our favorites, so go ahead. What you got for us today? I've,
11: I've, I've been uh, just, you know, I wonder have we plateaued in our play calling? Does he understand that he gets into the situation, whenever I say he coached hey does he get did his rhythm to where he runs every first down? that Jordan Travis, whenever he's getting ready to run the ball, he'll turn around and talk to the running back. Mm -hmm. And I think it was only one time today that he turned around and talked to the running back that he did not actually just hand off to it. It just seems like some – these teams that we're going to play, Miami, Florida, that's going to have speed just like you, you're not going to get away with just telegraphing the things that you're going to do on offense. And I think somebody needs to pull his jacket and say, Hey, we've got to switch this thing up. The things that you were doing with Tate Watermaker whenever he came out second half against Louisville, these are the things that you need to do with Jordan. That quick slide the ball in and then pull it out and then throw those quick slants until somebody can say, okay, uh, we're going to, we're going to come up and we're going to stop that. Make them stop it. And then whenever they back off, run the ball. It's just it's simplicity for me. And you, because we talk about it all the time, but does he understand that? I appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking my call, and go nose. Hey, thanks,
1: Gene. Thanks, we missed Gene. you, man. Uh, make sure you call back hopefully next week or before the season's out. Uh, so he's talking about telegraphing and, and trends. Um, what's interesting, I'll answer in a related way, Gene Williams. Um, we, Dominic Robinson and I talked about this during the watch-along, which is Jordan didn't look willing to run today. And yeah. was that a function of him not being a 100%? Is that a function of...
2: He didn't have to, maybe.
1: He didn't have to. Is it something else? Uh, whatever the case, I think a lot of those first – here's why that's relevant. A lot of those first down calls, Jordan's got options, multiple. Yeah. Options. You can throw it. You can hand it off. You can keep it and run it yourself. He ran a couple of plays where he kept and then made a throw downfield. The Ja'Kai Douglas play was a good example of that, and that's a great play. It's kind of like a triple option with a forward pass. Um, but there is a bit of staleness at times with the offense. I think that's fair from Gina and What do you
2: think? Yeah. And is this after the script that we've seen that before? Where they go not so much this game, but a lot of the other games after the script runs out initially, it does seem to get in that stale mode. Like he's talking about it becomes a little too predictable, yep. but this goes back to something I kind of wondered. I'm never a big fan of the head coach being the play caller. Right? I just think he's got too many other things going on. Um, very few could actually do it effectively. I mean, Spurrier, I guess Jimbo effectively did it for most of the time. Yeah. You know, obviously it's not working out too well at A&M. But there's very few coaches that can do that. I just really wonder if he's got to rethink this thing going into it and have somebody who's devoted completely to and it. Obviously, we like Alex Atkins, but he's got a lot going on in game with the offensive line. He can't sit there and get involved in that. So I wonder if he needs to do that, have somebody else who's able to handle this and devote more to that so it's not as predictable. So they get in situations like down on the goal line or the red zone where we know Mike Norval struggles. But again, nothing you can do right now, I don't think you can't you can try to he can self-scout and s- simplify things in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some of the some, you know, hope somebody looks at some of the stuff on film and says, hey, you're you know, you're tipping off this. You're tipping off these kind of things. You That's what they have. These quality control people, the support staff, they're in there looking at film. They're up in the box. They should see these things. So what, what Gene's pointing out, if that's happening, there are people who should be able to identify that.
1: Well, whoever the quality control people were today on offense, they're getting screamed at. Their ears are going to be ringing today after two consecutive timeouts on one drive and substitution issues on both offense and defense. There was a substitution issue, Gene, in the second half after a media timeout. I think it was an injury. This is uh, before the fourth down stop. Uh, you've got defenders and members of the secondary running on and off the field. Georgia Tech, I think, could have snapped the ball. So there's a lot of people in the organization that are going to get a talking to. The players, the coaches, and the quality control assistants. There's a lot of problems to clean up for next week on the road in a loud environment. Miami gets loud one time every two years, and it's yeah. when we go down there. So you're going to have to get a lot more cleaned up in that regard. I will say there's a good question from Kimba that we'll go to after we take our final break, because I think it's a good way to round out our thoughts for the day. Uh, but we want to get you guys one more word from our awesome sponsor at Zaxby's, a 17 year Golden Chief booster. Uh, we're going to take a 60 second, 70 second break. We'll be back with our final thoughts. On the War Chant post-game call-in show.
0: Something big. Something huge. Is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich. With Zack Sauce. Or new spicy Zack Sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war. Ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich. It's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's.
3: Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced tenured and largest staff on the Florida State sports Sportsbeat and now features innovative resources including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry.
4: There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-readed fingers and our 12 delectable sauces, but there is a sound, and that sound is mm, mm, mm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless
5: sauce abilities, only at Zaxby's. So
1: it's time for our final thoughts on War Chant Game Day, presented by Zaxby's. This is the Post Game Call-In Show. He's Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. And Kimba asked a good question. It was a contribution as well, which thank you, Kimba, again. Uh, but the question is, who does Norvell have to talk with mm. that will be honest with him, you know, back in the day when Jimbo Fisher was in the beginning portion of his time, taking Florida state to the top and 29 straight victories in a national championship. The man was Monk Bonasort who could be really honest with Jimbo. And that was, I think about more university level things than it was yeah. coaching decisions day to day, but you had need a confidant. Gene, do you have any idea who could be that person for Mike Norvell? I've got an idea, but I wonder if you've got maybe perhaps a different perspective.
2: Yeah, I will say one thing. Jimbo is a different animal, though. I mean, I, I get the the point is a valid one. I mean, because Jimbo was, you know, he's full of it. He thought he was always right. But Monk was one of the few people he actually respected that would step, you know, step in and say what he needed to say. Norvell is different. So I think he's a lot more approachable. I think when he's doing things wrong, somebody could approach him. I would hope it's Alex Atkins. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's Chris Thompson is a lot of experience. He respects him a lot. He's on staff. So I think he's got some guys that should be able to, you know, step in and, you know, have honest discussions with him about his weaknesses and things he needs to correct. I mean, that that would be my thing, but nothing jumps off the page me like, oh, it's definitely this guy.
1: No, but I, I agree. Those are the two guys I thought as well. Thompson, because of his experience, he's been there, done that. He coached Mike Norvella, the player. I mean, that's that's yeah. different kind of dynamic and relationship there. Uh, but Alex Atkins is no nonsense. That's the other thing I'd say. Yeah. Alex Atkins is a no nonsense guy. And I think there's accountability up and down in that coaching office. You wish you would see it a little bit more in the red zone situations. I, again, the one that I'll come back to today, Gene, is the end around of Michael Pittman on second down. It's not necessarily the Wildcat on third with the bad snap. It's that end around. Why? Just it's a very simple question.
2: But they've done that over and over. You see that play. They are always doing these two or three times earlier this year. I know they've gotten that situation. They've done something similar to the short side of the field. and It's gotten blown up for a loss. And I'm just like, what? What? Really? What are you expecting to accomplish here? And you would think, like you said, if Atkins is a guy, it's like, let my line just block straight ahead. Let's just do straight ahead. Let's power them. We've been running well against them. Why are we doing this? Nutty stuff when we get down there. So I think, we're going to try to get Ira. Ira is going to try to come on here in a minute. Okay. So we'll see if hopefully we can get him on before we check out. Get the get his report and some of this stuff. Yeah, let me guess. We're going to talk about red zone and sloppy play probably when Ira. Probably so.
1: And, and again, I'll I'll defend in the grand scheme of the conversation. Not today. Georgia Tech run right up the middle yeah. of standard offense. Yeah, I'll defend Wildcat because that's more about power and being physical. In theory, Wild, that's what Wildcat's not about tricking you and doing double reverses and nonsense like that. It's about creating more numbers to block for you and going straight ahead with something that keeps you honest at the second level with a giver, whatever. But sometimes it's not even wildcat. The guy next to the the, the person who's getting the ball, Lawrence Tofili, in the situation today is just a straight ahead blocker. Think Tebow and, and the Urban Meyer offense. Yeah, it's not like the wildcat truly is actually. It's got an end around component to it. Anyway, that's more physical than not. But today, Georgia Tech don't yeah. need it, baby.
2: Yeah, uh, save, it, save it for Miami if you really think this is going to work on the goal line. Save it for a team where you need it.
1: Uh, Florida man in Texas, you're going to be pleased. Uh, Ira is here. Well,
2: because Florida man in Texas asked, we're not (laughs) going to bring him on. But because he asked, then you know what? I guess he's right. I guess we can bring the man on. And
1: here he is. He is the managing editor of WarChant.com. He is Ira Schofel. Ira, it's been an interesting day. What do you think uh, after taking in a noon kick with an overcast sky, kind of a sleepy feel, and then a slow start? What, what, What stood out to you today?
8: Yeah, there's a lot to this game, and I'm sure uh, you guys uh, probably are trying to cover it at all as well. In, in the one, hand, On the one hand, you look at the total numbers and you say, well, jeez. I mean, two, 642 yards of offense, uh, you were up. Basically, you should have won that game by, I don't know, 40 or 50 points. You were clearly the better team. You were probably, in some ways, this looked like the best Florida State has looked in certain areas. You held Georgia Tech to 24 yards of offense in the half. And I know Georgia Tech's offense stinks, but 24 yards and a half? And then offensively, Jordan throws for almost 400 yards, probably could have thrown for 500. Uh, You had some drop passes uh, that would have even elevated his total more. So, you know, it's like you've got these mistakes, but then you also have some of these really impressive stretches that make you think, okay, that's what this team could be. The ceiling is really pretty high with this team, but then you did have those mistakes and you did have those empty trips early in the game that make you just kind of frustrated because you feel like it could come back to bite you again like we've seen earlier this season.
2: And Ira, I guess the biggest overriding thing, I think all, our callers have called in and in chat and Tom and I have gone on and on about it is continuing the questionable play calling when they get inside the red zone. It happened again with, first of all, you've got to substitute all different packages and they called two timeouts on the one thing, which costs you probably four points at the end of the half. And then you call at the end around the around of Micah. You go, then you go, you know, you go with the, uh, the oh. one, you fumble the ball, it, it, but this is, it's not just this game. We've seen this old pattern over and over and over when they get in there. I don't know if that was brought up by Mike Norvell in the post game. I'm assuming it was. It, this hasn't changed all season. It's driving people nuts. I mean, I, I, again, we're focused on a negative. Like you said, there were so many positives, the score, the yards, all that thing. But the thing that scares people when you play Miami, Syracuse, Florida here down the road, if this continues, it's going to cost you a game or two.
8: Well, the good thing is you don't play Clemson or Wake down the road. You know, you do play Florida and Miami, and you play some teams that are not great either. Um, But, no, I get your point. I mean, I said to Corey when uh, after, you know, Tofili fumbled, I said to Corey, I said, I'm sure Tom Lang's turning six six shades of purple right now. But, I honestly, I don't know what you guys thought. I didn't think that was a super cute play. That's Wildcat. They run Wildcat. It's actually kind of a power running play. You just had a young guy, Lawrence Tofili, who hasn't been in a lot of those situations, I think kind of got a little antsy. Moved too early, and the snap wasn't good. Um, but to me, that's not the same thing. Some of the things they've done have been terrible. But I think because this comes on the heels of all of the other issues, and then also the timeouts. The timeouts were ridiculous.
2: But well, that was the substitution. Right. My point is he's bringing a different well, – he's know. changing everything on the goal line. And Benson's been running down their throat. Keep it simple. Why are they? Why do you need to do all this – bells and whistles down there just, I, just simple run it in
8: I don't know that it was a ton of substitutions I think they had guys that that made guys that didn't get lined up correctly uh-huh. um or or didn't know that they were supposed to be in the game again it wasn't like I didn't think it was total chaos it was like one guy in a couple of situations um so yeah anyway, I'm not defending it look man I just wrote a story the other day about the red zone offense and I get it It's a, it's been a problem all year I just don't I don't want to kill them for saying that they were too cute. There. That's what a lot of people were saying on social media. I didn't feel like that play was all that cute. Um, it's a basic play. It's a power running play. Um, and it just, you know, but on top of everything else, I get it. And also on top of the uh, the timeouts. But, again, my point is you still, you know, it, to me, when I the way I would look at this game, and you'd like to think that Florida State's coaches and players will look at this game, I think certainly the coaches will, is just – Guys, if you stop making the self-inflicted mistakes, you could be one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. And this defense can be – now that you've got Fabian Lovett back and Jared versus healthy and those young guys that had come on during the season out of necessity now that they've developed, this defense could be what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Suddenly the back end looks a lot better when, when, they, when the front looks uh, fully healthy. So to me, you know, I'm, I'm probably more on the up, glass half full side in general – but I just I'm very impressed by what they did, especially offensively against the Georgia Tech defense. Is not a bad defense.
2: Yeah, and I, I started out with all my positive. I was glass full, but then you know some of the stuff. And I guess part of that offensive thing that drives in 13 penalties are I think probably oh, was, se- seven of them were probably pre-snap something or rather. And I guess it's discouraging after a bye week. You see, because you mentioned all these yards and points, and imagine if they clean that up. I mean, I guess it drives people nuts. They could have won this game by 40, 50 points if they were just relatively clean on offense.
8: No, 100%. I mean, and the penalties were terrible. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I led my game story with that it was a very sloppy performance. So he had two turnovers in the first half offensively, all the penalties, um, just some just weird decisions, poor decisions by a bunch of different guys. The special teams were a disaster. Uh, keep you know, keep getting, setting yourself up with terrible field position. So there's a lot of problems with this team. I'm just saying there. I think there are some positives as well. And, again, I think when, when you look at coming off a of bye week, I was curious to see how they were going to be today. Because you're not just coming off a bye week, but you lost three straight games. And I, I wondered how sharp they would be in this game. And clearly they, they were not sharp in certain areas. But overall, again, I think you, this should be a message to those players. that, And if, if you don't win out, if, if Florida State doesn't win these last four games and finish the season with five straight wins and a 9-3 and three record, they have themselves to blame. And that would be my message to these players. Nobody on the schedule left is better than you. Go out and play and enforce your will and finish the season nine and three. And then everybody forgets what's what happened in the first three weeks of October.
2: Okay. I'm going to get a positive here. I know I, I'm going to let Tom ask about the defense starting the second half. Cause I know he loves talking about that. Um, so the biggest positive, there, there are some things that really, first of all, Jordan's performance zone from was 400 yards, maybe one of his best outings. Unbelievable. CJ Campbell, I mean, how, that was so cool. you saw the TV broadcast when he was getting the whole team was slapping him on the helmet, congratulating for him to be able to get the touchdown, was awesome. Trey Benson running for over 100 yards, that was great to see and running with authority and power. I love to see that. What was or, and maybe the first half of the defense, how dominating they were. What was kind of the overwhelming positive from this game out of all those different scenarios you saw?
8: You know, I think the biggest thing is I think you know they're going to take away just the fact that they had a dominant win and it's something this team hasn't had in a long time. I mean, I think, you know, Mike Norvell talked about it. Corey asked him after the game, you know, what does it mean for these guys to just go in a locker room and be happy again and, and, and to go into practices and be, you know, just feel good about themselves again. You, you play three ranked teams. You probably should have won at least one of them, maybe two of them. You lost all three of them. And so I kind of wondered how that was going to affect them. And so I think this is going to be good for them. Um, I really feel like just those positive stories, Fabian came back and played. He played well and and did not seem like he had any setbacks. Um, And as you said, CJ Campbell was just a great, great story because when he went down with an injury at the beginning of the year, he had a broken fibula. They also thought he had torn ligaments. It turned out the ligaments weren't torn, uh, but he did have a broken bone. They fixed it. And now he's back and he played and scored a touchdown late in the game. I thought that was a cool moment. I also thought it was cool for Lawrence Toffoli to have two fumbles and then to come back and make that really incredible play down the sideline to score, not just, you know, it was a good catch, but then fighting his way into the end zone for the touchdown after those two turnovers was really redeeming for him. Um, I just think that was this game. There's like a lot of individual things like that um, where, you know, even Jordan. Jordan maybe had some, some some throws he would have liked to have thrown a little bit better in the first half, but, but man, he was dialed in after that. And so I just thought it was a game where, they weren't sharp early, but they still just kind of persevered and, and played really good football for most of that game.
1: Yeah. And that's something Ira that, you know, you don't take for granted based upon where this program has been for the last three, four, five years. Um, I'll pass on the second half touchdown <laughs> question. What I'll ask you is just, I feel like today is honestly a choose your own adventure, choose your own emotion kind of day. Yes. Or how you want to feel about the game because you could pick which path you want to go. How did Mike Norvell sound? in the press conference, how did the players sound and, and which path did they take about overriding concerns or a win is a win? Where, which way did they go?
8: Uh, I think, man, I think they took both sides. I mean, I think they took what you want. I think they do feel good about the, the fact that they got a dominant win, which is what you want. And I think, you know, Trey Benson said that they were all, it was cool to be in a locker room again where everybody's smiling and happy. And at the same time, I think they clearly understand that they made a lot of mistakes in that football game. Jared Verse talked about the second, uh, that drive, start of the second half, and he said he just thought that they didn't come out with the right focus, and that's on the coaching staff because that's been this team's MO now for most of the season is if they go into halftime, the defense does not come out and get a stand in the second half. Now, they were hurt a little bit by the onside kick to start second half, so Georgia Tech got a short field. But, again, you know, you played so well in the first half. You dominated the game. You should be up by more. You're only up 24 to 3. You can't just let them go right down the field and score a touchdown, a 30 something yard pass. And then now you're in a game. And so uh, I think that they, and I'm sure it was probably the message from Norvell um, because, you know, I think his message when he spoke to us was pretty much what the player said was, you know, this, this is a, it's, it's, there are some impressive things in that football game, but you have to take care of those other things that are keeping you from being what you can be. And so, cleaning up the mistakes coming out with more focus at the start of a half um, you know all the penalties as Jean said the, you know the false starts uh, dead ball penalties if you clean up those things you can be so much better so I think it was, it's I think they're taking the way you want it to there's a lot to like but they also know there's a lot to clean up but and hey man you're, you're now eight games into the season you only have a month left it's got to get cleaned up now.
2: So I were coming up, I know Corey is probably hacking away right now in a column. We get to see that the wrap that you said you just taped should be up here shortly, you and Corey. And uh, what else can we look forward to here the rest of the day? Now that we actually we have some time to actually put some content up and we're not up till three in the morning trying to do this. So what can fans look forward to before they go to bed tonight?
8: Exactly. Corey's column's already done. I'm actually gonna go edit it right now. I'll get that up. Um, and then uh, Austin's gonna write a story about CJ Campbell and just kind of his you know, impressive. I mean, it was it was a cool scene, as you guys said. It yeah. was a really cool scene because he was told his season was over. Everybody in the team thought his season was over. Uh, I'm going to be writing about the defense, um, and uh, and then also we'll, we'll have something about the offense. This was a pretty impressive day overall. I don't, they didn't punt one time.
11: Yeah,
8: I mean that's an impressive overall offensive performance. I have my three, two, one. Obviously, you all the PFF grades tomorrow. Then we got Sunday Smash tomorrow night. So, uh, like you said, man, this was a was a nice win. And it gives you a lot of t- chance this weekend to kind of uh, to kind of reflect on some of the things that they need to work on, but also some of the positives.
2: And the nice thing is the positive for you are, is you didn't have to subject yourself to the ACC broadcast, the ACC Network broadcast. It was stellar today.
8: I saw some of the comments on Twitter. Oh,
2: brutal. Almost as, almost as good as the uh, offensive pass interference on Johnny Wilson. Yeah. So the yeah, ACC this, up and out today.
8: Yeah, the officiating was not, the, not, their, <laughs> not their final.
2: <laughs> Which we never hear that after a game. That's unusual. Yeah. Thank you, our Great job, great buddy. Guys. We look forward to all the content. Take care. That is
1: Iris O'Fell, the managing editor of warchant.com, where you can sign up for just $10. You see it at the top of the screen here. 10 bucks through August 31st of next year. I'm the guy on the left. My name is Tom Lang. He's Gene Williams. We've got uh, a question from George that we have not gotten to yet. And then we'll have our final thoughts as we wrap up on the post game show. Assuming we only have one more loss, which is more likely hmm. asks George Holton. Lose to Syracuse or lose to either Miami or Florida? Oh, so there's three choices there. All right, Gene, if they're only going to lose one game, and this is, I know, it's got a negative bend to it, which game would it be?
2: You know, before today, I would have said Syracuse, but honestly, I was able to, well, I had a second screen going to watch the first half of that Syracuse-Notre Dame game. I'm starting to think that's that was a Cinderella type situation and when you deep dive into the you go, oh, they play Clemson close but look at the yardage look at the turnovers it was a little fluky that they're able to stay in that game I'm starting to think Syracuse is and I think they're going to continue to digress as their schedule gets harder and harder I'm starting to think it's going to be I hate to say but I think it's next week I think it's at Miami I just think that's the one game they're going to get for you're on the road Man, it makes me nervous. I think FSU, I'm picking probably FSU to win. I'm just saying right now, if I were to pick the game they were going to lose, I think it's it's the next game. Miami, that's going to make their season's done. They know there's the only one thing that's going to salvage it, and that is next week. If they can win at home, they can go back. Hey, we beat our biggest rival. Good for us.
1: Yeah, and their head coach takes this very seriously. He takes oh, all he,
2: Yeah, he will, and he'll be bragging at the NIL and everything else. He takes it.
1: all things too seriously. That dude is wound <laughs> way too tight, but he cares a lot about this game, so they'll be revved up. They got the miracle of a 730 kickoff, too. That had oh. written all over it. Uh, here's what I'll say, because I'll end it on a positive note. I'm not going to assume that at all, George. I'm, I'm going to dismiss the premise. Florida State can do this thing. You can win all four of your games, and they're gonna do it. That's what I'm saying. They're Ooh, Tommy, we're gonna be a corner pocket bar and grill the Saturday after the Florida game, doing keg stands.
2: Doing oh, so hear it. So if they go five and if they go five and zero here, Tommy, this stretch a keg stand for Tommy.
1: Yes, we've made a promise already on the JCS. All Eric right. a- Eric Angel asked if they won all five games, would Jeff do a keg stand? He said yes. I agreed to do one as well. Ira already agreed to do a multi-beer funnel.
2: I will do, I will throw me in for the funnel. I'll do I'm better at the funnels than the beer Alright.
1: So now we got four people in. We'll we
2: broadcast live. We'll have to do a live broadcast, I guess, won't we?
1: We will. We'll, we'll
2: have do- to talk to Bill. I'm sure Bill would love that. We'll be done with that.
1: Bill is already in. I've made the <laughs> arrangements. He's already in. <laughs> oh, so you'll we'll have a double funnel, double keg stand moment of glory. Wow. Uh, just before the noon. We'll, the, the time is going to be earlier in the day. It's going to be before the noon kickoffs on that Saturday. That's what so, Gene, you're in for that 11:30 or so, 11:45. We'll
2: so What's about? Oh, we're, oh, for the Saturday, yeah, yeah, yep. after uh, after Florida, so that's right, Friday game. Yeah, I guess that'll be it'll be a nooner. Yep, we'll have to do it. Wow. Okay, yep. I'm in. I'm in. Five and zero. Oh, I'm in.
1: Eric, if, no. you're, if you're still watching from the palace, we've got another one. We've got another one in. That's Gene Williams, who's going to be doing a beer funnel.
2: So that oh. would be man. Think of that; you would be nine wins going into the bowl for a chance to get ten. That would be something. Yeah. I and mean, you would have beaten you would have beaten your two in state rivals. So that'd be a good way to finish the regular season. It would be killer.
1: And if Gene, if they're four and in this little stretch, that Friday <laughs> versus Florida will be
2: unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. I like that last comment by Jeff. That was yeah, well Jeff done. is asking where any players reference.
1: were any players smoking weed in the post game locker room. Uh I don't think so. I don't think there were any kerfuffles. I don't think trainers were hurt or there were no altercations whatsoever in the post game locker room. But I can't speak for a college station. I cannot. Libations war chants, says Michael Carpenter. That would be that Saturday. Hopefully we can live it all together. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Prentice is trying to be negative. We're not going to wipe up that comment. No, no, take it down. Take it down. Love you, Daniel. Uh, that's a former intern and friend of ours at ESPN Radio back in the day. <laughs> uh, Gene, all right, it's time, I guess, right? Time to wrap it up. We got PFF tomorrow. That's that's what you're doing. We got uh, Corey's column up in just a moment here on warchant.com. Ira promoted it all. I can't wait to read the Austin Cox story about C.J. Campbell. Mm-hmm. That's a great feel-good moment about today. And we get to watch more football. We've done so many night kickoffs, Gene, that there's nothing oh, to watch. This is great. That.
2: And we get to watch the end of the Georgia beatdown. How about – I'm excited for – Will Levis is back for Kentucky, right, for against oh, Tennessee tonight. So, I mean, I, I think – I wouldn't be surprised a little upset action there. I, I, I'm calling it now, man. I, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Ooh. So it's it's going to be fun night.
1: He calls it a Mark Stoops Saturday here on the yeah, WordCast. Mark Stoops, post baby. Game. All right, folks. Thanks to Zaxby's, our sponsor of the program. Thanks to ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, who sponsors the viewer chat. And they've got some more libations for us in the weeks to come. We like those folks. Make sure to support everybody who supports WarChan. To all of you in the chat who supported us from Aslan and D-Rob in the first half through the second half and now into the post game, including pillars like Z-Chan, Eric Angel, and others, Noel fan, FSU fan, 1993. Thank you all so much for what you do to help us do what we do here at War Chant TV. Hit a like for us on the way out. Subscribe to War Chant TV absolutely free. Thanks to Ben, who is the producer behind the scenes, the Thank director you, of the program. To Terry, who's screening the calls. For Gene Williams, my name is Tom Lang. Good night, Florida man in Texas, and good night to all you Knowles. Enjoy a victory Saturday and a victory Sunday. We'll reconvene for Rivalry Week, Hate Week for Miami, this time next Saturday. Bye, everybody.